0: Welcome to the Love Work Podcast. This is Jeff. And Andre. I could not get you to stop talking.
1: What a woman speak. Do you see what I'm saying?
0: How to break through with your spouse, your partner.
1: I've been thinking about this.
0: How did you handle this?
1: The man's kind of got it good. I feel like you're getting off on a little
0: bit of soapbox. This is me rolling my eyes. This is really great. I really... Okay, here we go. <laughs> Welcome to the Love of Work podcast. This is Jeff.
1: This is Andre.
0: (laughs) And this project, we're asking the question, is it possible for both of us to be living out our purpose in work, stay in love, and raise a family? It's such an easy question, isn't it, Andre?
1: Oh, yes. Just. Snap your fingers. One, two, three. I
0: feel like we wrestle with this every week, don't we? Every day, dude. And I know there's a lot of people listening to this that are wrestling with it, too. This is why we keep bringing couples to you and friends of ours that are wrestling through it and can share little tidbits about their lives, their stories that hopefully can influence yours. So today, we have two incredible guests.
1: Yeah, so this is uh, Shannon and Brian Miles. Uh, Shannon wrote the book called The Third Option why a woman doesn't have to choose between a career and family, but can actually have both and succeed. And Brian wrote the book, Virtual Culture, The Way We Work Doesn't Work Anymore, which is, I mean, just listening to those book titles already makes you want to know a lot more. They are both co-founders of the company Belay.
0: It was something that was really cool that came out when we were just getting ready for the interview. We forgot they were at our first ever fundraiser for my organization, Plywood People, nine years ago. Yeah. It was my 30th birthday and they came to my 30th birthday for a fundraiser and they didn't even know me, which was awesome.
1: Yeah. They just crashed the party. They just showed up. I like it. They're birthday crashers. They're my kind of people. They're amazing. Crash a party. I think we'll be friends. Okay.
0: So right before we get right into it, uh, I want you to be looking and hearing for three things. Uh, number 1, their 4 a.m. wake up conversation that actually launched their entire business belay.
1: You wake me up at 4 a.m. You better watch us.
0: <laughs> the 4 a.m. wake up conversation. <laughs> Things to maybe do or never do. We'll see. Okay, and the second thing is what it's like to lead a workforce of 500 stay-at-home moms.
1: Yeah. They, they have built their entire you had business a lot of off women of women on your team. Oh my goodness. Poor Brian. Not poor Brian. Lucky Brian. I
0: need to take that guy out to lunch. Okay, and number three, they share their family vision, which is amazing. It's really why they started the business. So here it is. Brian and Shannon, Miles, I think you're really gonna enjoy this. So welcome Brian and Shannon. We're so thankful you're with us today. Thank
2: you for the opportunity to be here. It's great. great. So
0: you guys have kids. How, how, How long have you been married? How many kids do you have?
3: We have been married for almost 21 years, um, and we have a 12-year-old daughter. Her name is Rainy, and a nine-year-old son, Harper.
1: Fun. And uh, you both work together. Is that true?
2: That is true. We are. We founded our business together eight years ago, and we are co-CEOs of our company. So we work. Hand-in-hand hand or desk-by-desk, or desk, if side you will, side-by-side, side by side.
1: <laughs> every day. That's interesting. So tell us about, well, first give us a little context about uh, Belay.
2: Sure. So Belay is a virtual solutions organization. So we help organizations, whether they're for-profit or not, non-profit, to um, help them do them the things that help them scale, things like bookkeeping and providing virtual assistants and uh, webmasters and writers, and we do all of that from a virtual capacity.
3: In 2010? Uh, decided to start the company. We quit our jobs and used our 401ks to fund it. Um, and over the last eight years, it's grown to a mid sized organization. Um, it was formerly a few different entities, and we consolidated all of those into one brand under Belay. And we launched that in January 2017. So we're a little bit over, like, a year, like, around a year and a half of uh, under the Belay brand.
1: That's awesome. So what was the big, I guess, turning point or the big thing that led you to deciding to quit your jobs and start this? Because that's a pretty dramatic, big life change to just do.
2: Yeah, in the spring of 2010, I I was working for a church construction company and I was spending more time in the air than I was on the ground. Um, I was averaging about six flights a week and I was just never home. Um, and I was killing myself working really hard and I just knew something needed to change. And then at the same time, Shannon was working for a large fortune 10 company and her next move was going to be a lateral one. Um, it was just the demands of me not being home, uh, and helping out with her, with her career and trying to raise two young kids. It just was all kind of caving in around us. So we looked at each other in the summer of 2010 and said, we need to make some changes. And we started to dream up what we could do next if we left and, um, and created a company together.
1: So was the goal to always kind of do something next together? or Because, I mean, I can imagine you have your skill set. Your wife has her skill set. You both kind of run in your own different worlds, obviously, if you're doing like building churches and she's doing something mm-hmm. else. So was that? like the end goal is you, you just really want to do something together or what, what brought about that?
3: Yeah, we, we really did. We always wanted to have something of our own and something that we did together. We even had like a, a failed mortgage company back when we were married, probably, I don't know, Brian, what, like five, five, six years or something. It was in the early two thousands. Um. So we, the idea of working together had always, uh, been in our in our hearts. Uh, we weren't exactly sure how that should play out, um, but the idea for what we started then and what we continue to do now, uh, providing virtual assistance, came from Brian's experience of working with his virtual assistant through that construction company. Okay. and so they had, yeah, they had just a great working relationship, got a lot of stuff done, and saw each other a couple times a year. And and we just had the idea that like other organization, that they could benefit from it too. So the the desire was always there. It manifested itself differently as the company has grown, but like we've always just had a great deal of respect for each other and we're gifted very differently. And we thought, man, if we could just put our heads together, and, you know, and work guys, together. Yeah,
1: you, you could, could do something, something great. great. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. awesome.
3: Yeah. And I, I'd be remiss if we left this podcast and I didn't tell you our family vision. Let's hear it. So, it, yeah, it is for um, us to travel and vacation with our kids and their kids. And it sounds very simple, but there's a lot behind it. That means that Brian and I still like each other and we want to hang out. It means that our kids like us and they like each other and they want to hang out it means that they have you know spouses and children of their own and that we have the financial means and wherewithal to be able to fund a vacation like that so it checks a lot of boxes for us as a family and so when we make decisions um we kind of run them through that filter like are is this decision going to help us reach our vision
0: so i'm curious um I bet you guys agree with decisions leading the company all the time, right? You very rarely disagree that, on how to move things forward. All the time. You we've know, never had no an conflict. argument
2: ever. <laughs> I'll tell you, though, the, uh, the interesting thing probably in the last few years, in the last couple of years, I should say, is we default mm-hmm. to each other based on the type of you know, decision that's kind of happening. And there's just not a lot of friction because we've learned how to default to each other when it's a certain type of decision. Now we we do have, you know, healthy debate at times, but it's um it's really good when you can start to play to the strengths of your spouse that happens to be your, you know, uh co owner in the business.
0: Did you even like at some point kind of say, Hey, this is your job description and this this is my job description just to be to clarify what your roles were?
3: Absolutely. Yep. You know, I think a lot of Business owners get in trouble if they don't do that because then you're not really sure what you should be focused on or what you should loop the other person into or you know maybe you're stepping on each other's toes or you're creating gaps in the organization if you're not clear. So as the business has grown and we've added on additional team members, um, we've replaced ourselves in a lot of ways, and so with that, there's always iterations of our job descriptions, you know, it's constantly evolving based on the needs of the business. But the idea of having them and knowing um, that our job descriptions fit within our giftings too uh, has been really important for our growth as a company. I mean, when we first started, it was Brian and I and Trisha for like five hours a week. And now we have 60 employees and about 500 and 30 contractors. So in a lot of the aspects of the business, we've just replaced ourselves over and over again um, so that
1: we could grow. That's amazing.
0: How many of how many of those employees and contractors are women, out of curiosity?
2: A lot. A very high percentage. High 90s, high 90s. percent wise. Um, yes. It's just the, the nature of our business. It seems to attract more females, more women than men.
1: So this also kind of led, Shannon Wright, to your book that you wrote called The Third Option, and the tagline is why a woman doesn't have to choose between a career and family but can actually have both and succeed. So when I read that title, I automatically obviously think to also another book very similar called Lean In by Sheryl Sandberg. Tell me about your book. Tell me about what you think about Sheryl's book.
3: Carol's book was an inspiration to me. Um, I have always loved working and you know, you're in the South like we are in, you know, I think there's an expectation sometimes that, well, when you have kids, you're going to stay home and and care for them. And I think some women are more inclined to do that, but others aren't. And and both needs to be okay. Um, So when, we had rainy in two thousand five. I absolutely loved my job. I had achieved like the sales position that I worked for years for and I was loving what I was doing. but um, Brian was also selling at that time and it, it was you know really difficult to have two parents selling and then also have an infant even though we had any any just we found ourselves in a very unsustainable place and so, I knew that something had to change and I thought my only other option was just to quit and stay home with her. Um, but we hadn't financially prepared for that. And so I went to my boss and I said, Hey, I would really like to work uh, part time and, uh, phase out of my role and, um, eventually stay home. Cause this baby has wrecked me. She totally caught me off guard <laughs> in terms of my emotions. And, uh, he, he told me, no, he said, um, it'll be fine. You know, we'll just get you some more accounts that are local. We'll make it work. And I was crushed. I was like, how is this even possible? Um, Something's got to change. So I went home, talked to Brian. And then the next day went back and talked to his boss and he said, yes. Um, And then from there, that started this, this journey for the next, you know, five years for me of working this part-time virtual position that suited the needs of our family. It suited my professional interests. And um, it allowed me to really balance both my profession and my personal life. And so all that to say, I wrote the book to share that story and the stories of other women who have made the decision for different reasons um, to look at their careers differently. And then it kind of goes into some practical things about like, how do you know you're ready for a change and then if, if the third option is right for you how do you make it work long term
1: and so the third option you would say is like basically working from home or is the third option any kind of third option besides working full-time
3: yeah, it it is working from home, and it can be part-time or full-time. You know, initially when I wrote the book, it was all about virtual uh, part-time, but the, as I was doing research and, and talking with various people, I think a lot of people are making remote working full-time work for them because you can just get so much more done and have so much more freedom and flexibility to direct your time when you're not having to go into an office five days a week with a crazy commute, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really the idea of whether you're, you're leaving a traditional corporate job to start a, your own business, whether you're a contractor with, with flexibility there or a freelancer, um, it's really just taking a different look at the way that you're working and figuring out if there's a way to do it remote.
0: And Brian, I'm, I'm curious as you, as she was going through that process, like trying to creatively think, think about the fact that she likes work and she enjoys work and, and doesn't want to choose between this or that um, as you were walking alongside her, what were some of the things that, that you were processing with her or that you've thought about long way? And I know you guys work with, ton, I mean, literally like 500 women that, um, that are in that same vein. Um, what advice would you give to the men if their spouses are wrestling through this? How can they be? Cause I think we'll hear a lot from Shannon and people can find her book online and stuff, but, but I'm curious on your side of things, um, how you would advise some of the men that are processing this with their
2: wives? I think that you know, for me, um, I didn't let any kind of um, preconceived notions of what a woman could or couldn't do with the baby impact my decision. You know, I, I just kind of looking from the outside in that here was a a very professional, high caliber woman that wanted a career that happened to be my wife. And she also wanted to be a mom and and a great mom at that and and be intentional. And and for me, I just thought um, I I want to find a way to help support her in this endeavor. I mean, I'm also half the equation, too. You know, I want I wanted to have a career in also um you know have a a, a great family as well with her so i just didn't see it as you know the woman takes care of stuff at home and the guy goes out and does the thing i just never in my life have seen it that way for me i mentor young guys and sometimes you know they kind of carry that notion in for the way they were raised or the way their church tells them to live i just try and let them know that you know um, they're half the equation they're not the full equation you know you can have a really great partnership with your wife and, and have an awesome family as a result of that.
1: What do you think that for people who are struggling right now and wondering if they're supposed to still keep doing what they're doing and grinding through their current work-life situation, how do you know that you're in a not sustainable situation with your work and home life? Like, How do you know that something needs to change?
3: I think you really have to ask yourself the hard question is this working for me
1: you know is my current
3: situation serving me well or am I always stressed out snapping at people acting outside of my my true nature am I having health problems you know I so many people that I've interviewed for the book said I I literally was developing health problems because i was so stressed out because of my job I quit without anything else to go to because it I had to protect my myself. So I think really being honest and, and asking other people, sometimes it's hard to see qualities within yourself because you're so wrapped up in it. Am I being myself or have you seen my personality change as a result of the stress that I'm under?
2: Uh, just to add to that, I think it's the question, you know, what's my current reality? and But I also think you have to ask yourself, what am I willing to do about it? because I see a lot of people that romanticize about doing something like this, but then they just continue to stay in a rut. So if you're not willing to do anything about it, then don't dream about it. That's pretty I like that right there. That's pretty
0: good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, now listen, on a really practical note, as I've kind of dug into both of your books, the idea of like working remotely, and I've heard you guys talk about how, like, well, you get to work from home, but sometimes you're actually working from – The beach or from like you guys have this creative outlook on it. Talk a little bit about that.
3: When we started the business in 2010, we took a vacation with our kids and my mom in the summer of 2011. And bear in mind, we took 50% pay cut cashed in our 401ks to start the company. So it's not like we were just rolling in money by that point, but we started this company to have freedom and to have flexibility and to spend more time with our kids. So if we're not going to just, you know, take some risk and, and take a vacation, even, you know, maybe from the outside looking in when it seems irresponsible, then we're not living out the why for why we started the business. Um, we never wanted our children to resent us for starting the company. We've just seen so many, uh, you know, other business owners sacrifice their lives and their families for the sake of the business. And we are just, We're intent on not letting that happen. And travel and vacationing is is part of our strategy to protect against that.
1: I mean, that sounds incredible. And I love that, that you're, like, sticking to the why of why you even started the company. Um, But I can also imagine that there has to be some challenges from working from home.
2: Well, I mean, today we had to leave our house because we had house cleaners cleaning it. (laughs) And so... uh, we had to go find another place to do this uh, interview. But uh, to, to be honest, it's not, um, it's just not the challenge that that I thought it was going to be. It's just not a big mountain. You know, it's, you just learn to adapt and you build wonderful, meaning, meaningful working relationships with your employees. Um, you still see them face to face at times when we have meetings or team meetings or whatever. But um, the, the challenge is just not there. I, I do think, though, that, um, when a new employee comes into the organization, we have to be very intentional uh, because maybe if they came from an office environment or corporate office environment, it's going to feel different. So we work hard against things like that to develop a good, meaningful virtual culture.
0: So, um, all right. If uh, if people are listening, that let's say they're a boss and they don't have a virtual culture like you guys have, um, the fear is, I mean, I'm a, like I have, how many women are on our team now? Five or six women. I'm like the only dude on our team, but, um, but as, as our f- the families of, of the women on my team, they're starting to have families and we're trying to get creative in how they approach their work. And, um, I want to give flexibility and all that stuff like, but there's fears that I overcome going, well, well, are we going to have the culture that I, I want our team to have? And then also like, you know, well, are they going to get as much done at home as they do at work? How would you respond to that?
2: I would say that is thinking that is tied to the industrial age. and the the gist is this. If you think about how things got built during the kind of the boom of the industrial age, you put your workers around you on the manufacturing floor and then you put your managers around them. But if you think about corporate office space today, what 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 do you do? You put everybody in cubicles in the middle, and then you put your managers around them. And the whole idea behind that is if I can't see you, I can't control you. And when you start to move in a, in a direction of saying, like, look, go home, I trust you, it is a whole different message you're sending your workforce, your team. And so you worried about culture, it's a legitimate worry, but when you have trust there and they feel trusted, that culture stays intact because they're super loyal and they're excited to produce the result that's expected of them.
3: But it's possible
0: Jeff. you can do it it's <laughs> possible. okay, so switching gears a little bit, I'd love to hear right. any advice you'd give to a young young family that is really wrestling with um, marriage tensions. parenting and and work and that tension. I'm sure you guys have mentored many, and I know you've mentored many couples in this area. What advice would you get give to them as they're in the middle of that tension right now?
3: um I'll let Brian answer for himself, but I would say just be kind to each other. Just show a lot of grace and empathy and forgiveness during that stressful season. I mean, the toddler years are the worst. Like I, I did not <laughs> like those years at all because it's like so much work for so little reward, and everybody was just on edge during that season. Um, but just show tremendous amounts of kindness and grace, and, and it does get easier. Um, I've always heard like your kids don't need you less as they get older. They just need you in different ways. And so there's like more emotional strain as our daughter's now in middle school and our son's in third grade, but it does get easier. So just commit to each other and be kind.
2: I would say, and I, I, you know, we do mentor, I mentor guys individually as well. And one of the things that I encourage them to do is to try and cast a good vision with your wife for what you want to see in your future. You know, it's, um, you know, create an image or a vision of what the two of you want when you're 65, and are you aiming in that direction, and are you living a life right now in your 20s or 30s or whatever that equals that vision or that image you see in your future? Because, um, you know, you just don't wake up at 65 and enjoy that. It, it, it takes iterative, small, incremental steps in that direction, and, and um, I think that oftentimes, you know, we see marriages implode because they they don't have that vision. They don't have that thing they're striving for together that they've agreed upon that they're trying to aim for.
0: That's so good. I heard you guys say earlier when we were talking before we started recording about, you know, you guys have some friends right now that are wrestling with marriage. They're in their 40s. And I'm curious if, um, you know, what, what, you have, what you've been learning through some of those relationships you have in relation to that marriage conversation of... That you could advise other people to look out for
3: I I think regardless of why the various couples in our lives have gotten divorced I've seen a a common theme of issues don't go away if you don't resolve them they just fester and and they build up and um, I think people sometimes wait too long to address them and go to counseling and do the hard work and then you know when it, it seems like divorce is imminent, then there's this last ditch effort to repair years of hurt. And sometimes it's, it's just too late. And, you know, I've seen one spouse try really hard and the other spouse to say, like, there's literally nothing you can do. I'm already done. And I would just say, don't let it get to that point. You know, work through issues early and often and bring in a counselor if, if you need to, um, even if for maintenance. It's just a healthy way to live.
2: Yeah, I, I, I'd say for myself, you know, it's, it's giving your spouse permission to change. Um, meaning, you know, when, when I met Shannon and we got married, she was 19 and I was 22. Well, the, the truth is, is, you know, Shannon now being 40 is an entirely different person than she was at 19. And she's way better. Like she's super cool, and she's changed
0: Aww, but, it, but like early on, I had these
2: expectations the way I, I would hope that we, she would be, but now she's evolved into who she is now as a four year old woman. Um, I didn't hold her to the way she was in nineteen, and I see a lot of marriages they do that there's There's these um unsaid expectations that blow up.
3: and it, you know, we got married so young um that we said for a long time that we grew up together. You know, you're growing up yourself, but then you're, you're like raising another young adult too. Um, I think we've been able to fortunately grow together throughout the years instead of apart. And I know that that doesn't always happen when you start as, as early and young as we did.
1: I like that. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I'm curious, since you guys both work and you, you're busy people, I know you guys are involved in a ton of stuff. What kind of rhythms have you had to create just to stay connected together to to make sure you two are on the same page?
2: One thing that we do is we give each other permission to talk about whatever we want, whenever we want. So we don't put hard and fast rules around when we can have certain topics come up in our house. So unfortunately, at times, I've woken Shannon up at four in the morning and said, I've got to talk to you about our business. She's not really happy about that, but (laughs) she does it.
0: Does she even re- does she even remember those moments? That's the question.
3: That was a life changer. That's when we we decided to do ballet, Jeff. So yeah, I totally remember that one.
2: <laughs> uh, but you know I, I, that sounds like such a simple thing, but the truth is, we just nothing's off limits at certain times. You know we we just don't we if we need to talk about something, we need to talk about it. It doesn't matter when.
3: but then on the on the flip side of that is if we know that we are in a particularly stressful season, and we need a mental break to be able to say let's go to dinner and not talk about work like we just you know like let's just turn that off for this dinner and that needs to be okay too um as far as like consistent patterns and rhythms um we don't have a lot of that in our lives just because it's by design it's just a crazy a crazy life (laughs) Like we own our schedules and you know have assistants to help us manage all that stuff but we like like Brian said earlier, a lot of autonomy and freedom. So every week looks different than the week before, and that's, we just like to live that way.
0: I love it. Okay, so the last question we have for you guys, we ask every single person that we talk to, every single, usually couples, not always couples, is, is really the core of this project for us. We have so many good takeaways, we'll mention a couple before we're done. But um, we're curious what you think, is it possible for both of you to be living out your purpose um, in work, to stay in love, and to raise a family.
3: Absolutely.
2: 100% possible.
3: It is work, but it is possible. And it's very rewarding. Now, things get easier because you know each other better. And um, But to Brian's point earlier, you're constantly changing and evolving. The world is constantly changing and evolving. And so you always have to, continue to to work for that connection um, and to strive for your vision together.
2: It's also um, beyond the financial or the relational, it's also your health. You know, you you can't be fat and, um, you know, get there. You know, you're going to have to take care of yourself and your body. Can't be fat and get there. (laughs) Oh, by the way, I'm very direct. I don't seem to realize <laughs> that. no.
1: That's why I loved it. That's why I just had to leave. Like...
2: Um
0: You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for your time and for your wisdom. Um, we really appreciate it. This yeah, was a fun project.
3: Thanks for including us yeah. in
2: it. Thank okay. you.
0: Guys. You'll hear from us really soon.
3: Bye.
0: Cool. Okay. Bye. And now it's time for the breakdown.
1: There's your radio voice again.
0: It comes out so good. We're just going to hit a couple things that really stuck with us. I'm sure you have your things too. But, Andre, you go first.
1: Well, I really liked when they talked about giving your spouse permission to change and embracing those changes. So, you know, them marrying very young and basically saying, you know, that – they are not the same people that they were before and um, allowing that to be okay and then um, embracing that between each other and knowing that you don't have to hold this expectation of, well, this is who I married then and this is who should be who I marry now, you know?
0: Yeah, and we've lived that too. I mean, we got married when we were 22. I mean, there's similar, we have a lot of similarities of who we were when we were 22, our strengths and our giftings. But there are things that have come out of us that we didn't know at that time.
1: Yeah, and uh, one of the things I always say is, like, I've married probably 16 different Jeffs between this when we started and now. So I think every couple needs to, like, be okay with that, and, um, like, that excuse is, like, that they're not the same person I married. Nobody Which
0: is. Which 16 Jeffs, like, what was the best one?
1: <laughs> I got lots. <laughs> Different, different podcasts.
0: And over time, the sex gets better. So there's that.
1: Always, of okay. course.
0: And then uh, when Brian was talking about um, the fears of letting, letting employees work from home, um, he, refer- he was like, well, I think that thinking is from the industrial age, which I was like, I think oh, he kind of put you in he your place. kind of put me in my place. <laughs> but then he said, and, and this was, he was like, this is a false statement that if I can't see you, I can't trust you.
1: Or control you, he said something like that. Yeah,
0: yeah. and I thought, I thought that was really interesting, like, the, as, a, as a, a leader of an organization, to have employees that I'm hiring that I trust, regardless of whether they're sitting with me or not with me. Either you trust them or you don't. Mm-hmm. And you need to empower them to do what they need to do in the way that they need to do it. I thought that was um, something I'll probably never forget.
1: Yeah, I think that's really good.
0: I mean, just the idea of the third option. I mean, I don't like the idea that women believe if they have kids, they either have to choose between work or family, like they have to choose one or the other. I do think her third option is one third option, but I think there ought to be and there will be and there is becoming more and more third options. Whether that is, um, you know, basically it's creative new ways to have both of those things in your life with equal importance and to care for both in a healthy way. And that's an exciting time for us in culture, right? That women can actually be doing the things that they are meant and designed to do, while at the same time caring for kids that they love so much.
1: Agreed, and I would also add that this shouldn't be just a conversation about women when there's children happening so like when you have children the same conversation should be true for men absolutely for the man to say maybe i should stay home maybe i should you know go into working from home maybe i can be the flexible person here and you keep pursuing your career you keep you know yes um so and the brian same said conversation has to be both ways absolutely and not fall solely on the woman to make the change and the sacrifice and
0: to quote brian he said To be clear, I am only half the equation. Right. And I thought that was a beautiful way to say it and and to identify it and to claim it.
1: And I think we always say, we're like, oh, I want to be a good mother and worker and whatever. But there are, we need to have good fathers too.
0: That's great. Those are my takeaways. Mine too. All right. This has been another incredible episode of the lover work podcast. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Shannon. Go get their books. You can get them on amazon.com virtual culture and the third option. What a, what a great day.
1: And follow us at, at lover work and get all of the updates about who's coming next.
0: And we have some great people coming up. We're so thankful you're listening with us. We'll see you next time.